Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Gary, and welcome to the second season of It's Personal. Okay, good. This is going to be really dope, but I don't want any <laughs> Kwame Mbalia. Uh, I'm an author. I'm Padma Venkatraman, the author of The Bridge Home. Sure, yeah. My name is Natasha um, Diaz. Code switching and all those things. I mean, all of that. All the time. I mean, he's still on the road all the time, but you know, like, as a new mom. The relationship that I have cultivated from there. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> this is amazing. Right. This is so fun everyone to another episode of it's personal and i have i want to call you a friend I've, we've met and we've kind of yeah. hung out a little bit we've had some uh-huh. conversations um i'm super I'd be offended ex- if you lose me and anything otherwise <laughs> <laughs> i'm super excited not just because he is um, an awesome author but just spending time with him last year at ncte just kind of gave me this friendship and how people can connect so easily I, I'm Gary's friend, Min. <laughs> I like him. Um, my, my name is Min Lei. Um, I am primarily known to, to you all as an author, hopefully mostly of picture books and recently a, a graphic novel. Um, and yeah, no, it's, it's great to, to connect. And um, thank you for having me on. No, thank you. And I think during, it's hard during this time of the year um, where parents are extremely busy. And we won't get too much into that, but I am interested in what did life look like for Min as a kid mm-hmm. growing up? What did that look like? Um, well, I, I'm Vietnamese American and I was born in Connecticut. Um, my family is like, so my, my parents came over to the States in college right before the war got really bad and then my grandparents and the rest of my uncles and aunts kind of came over later once the the war got really bad <laughs> and um, it, was, it was time to, to to get out so i grew up in a pretty diverse community in suburban connecticut if you know where wesleyan university is that's that's where i grew up so okay. I didn't I didn't realize until I went away to college that I was a townie growing up. <laughs> so <when those> kids, <laughs> my friends, I would like hang out at the coffee shops and be, be the annoying ones, like as the college kids were trying to do their own thing. But yeah, and I, I grew up. Um, and a lot of times people ask like how I ended up wanting to become an author. Thought a lot about like tracing that back as far as I can. As a kid, my parents would take us to the library all the time. And we would be those kids that go up to the front desk with like a stack of books that are taller than they are, right? Um, but then when it came time for like bedtime and story time, even though we had all those books from the library, a lot of times my parents would still make up stories at nighttime, right? And they'd make up stories about us, or a lot of times they'd tell stories about life in Vietnam or story, like stories that they grew up with. And it made me realize that, um, actually relatively recently, that they were forced into becoming storytellers because those stories they wanted to tell weren't available, right? Wow. And you could scour, you could scour our libraries for as long as you want. You would never find the stories that they, that they grew up with. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot has changed since then, but at the time it just wasn't there. It wasn't an option. So they kind of took on that mantle of like tell, filling in the gaps with their own stories. And so now as an author, I feel really lucky to be in a position to, to do that um, and try to add and flesh out what's available to, to kids now. That to me is part of my own um, disentangling like, or like finding the, the path to how I became an author. Because another thing that's interesting, 
is that I'm not very, I'm, I often describe myself as like a, a man of few words. And if you look at the picture books I write, there are like very few words in there. And so I feel like I've like found this, this cheat code of like, I get to tell stories and write books without really using much. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm a writer who doesn't write. <laughs> I love it. Um, and so, cause for me, like, I grew up like super shy, like I'm so often like just in my own head and like in my own way and love mm -hmm. and not, not able to feel like, like completely engaged with the world the way I wanted to. So I kind of like pulled it, pulled it back. So I always mm -hmm. felt like I was like filtering myself with the world around me. Um, so then to, to want to or feel compelled to put myself out there as an author, if you told my younger self that it would probably, I would probably just let you out of the room be like, no, there's no way I want to, want to do that. Um, let alone like go to things like NCT and like talk to people or like be on panels and stuff. All that is, is very, would be surprising to, to the younger men. But going to NCT, like meeting people like you and other educators and other authors, I realized it's a lot of ways it was me finding the, the world that I wanted to inhabit, right? Mm -hmm. Like find the people that I want to surround myself with, find the people who were like yourself dedicated to the same kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, and then I realized like my lack of comfort was kind of based on feeling out of place. So now like now that I've kind of like found a place or an avenue in a world that I'm more comfortable in, um, putting myself out there isn't as scary of a thing because it's like mm -hmm. it's it's the world I want to be a part of. That's awesome. I'm not, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure that actually answered your question, but it's a roundabout. No, I think it totally. I think it totally <laughs> did. It helps me think. In thinking of a, a few other questions in my head, I'm thinking. I know how it is in school, and I think I was lucky to be involved in sports, and that like really helped me um, mm. develop friendships because I wouldn't consider myself like I'm very much an introvert. Big crowds, talking in front of people. It just freaks me out. I do it because mm -hmm. I feel like it helps me grow. It's something I feel um, I'd like to be good at. I'd like to be comfortable at. Um, but it always freaks me out. But regardless of the fact, mm -hmm. I feel it's hard to try and find groups of people um, in high school or middle school um, that kind of relate to you or connect with you. What did that look like for you? Like, how did you find that group of people or did you find those people um yeah for a lot of I'd say like elementary school middle school I kind of felt like I was the either kind of like benignly invisible mm -hmm. or kind of like a, a curiosity yeah. <laughs> like as as like um, one of the few Asian kids in, in our town, um, I used to joke that you could fit all the Vietnamese people in our town in one minivan. And that was my uncle's car. <laughs> my uncle's <van. laughs> um, but I remember I had this memory of being in first grade and we would have like snack time and the teachers would, all the kids would be having their snacks and the teachers would get together in a circle and just kind of use that time to, to chat. Mm -hmm. And on a regular basis, they would like call me over, um, and just like, just kind of like sit me on their lap and just like pass me around in a oh, very like wow. loving way. But, but I was like, <laughs> as like the, as like kind of like the cute oddity. <laughs> um, and then not in a, like any kind of malicious way, uh -huh. um, but it was like, it, it, it was something that I noted after that years later, but I, I was like, that, that's a little bit weird. <laughs> um, but so, but then like in later in middle school and high school, I kind of like found, found a really strong core group of friends kind of that like um that combination of like just nerdy enough and just athletic and popular enough to like to to not be the um the object of anyone's ire 
Mm, I know and, that's hard and, in in school. Yeah, that's yeah. hard. And so it's so I had a great time in in high school. Um, went to a, a great public high school in Middletown. Um, spent a lot of my summers just playing pickup basketball on eight or nine foot rims. I, I say nine, <laughs> but looking back, I'm like I think it was actually eight. <laughs> um, but so yeah, no, I had a had a great uh, great experience. Not perfect experience by any by any stretch, but surround myself with great friends and then. Um, um, and in college, really found found some other amazing people that I touch with all the time. Like you kind of like mm-hmm. find your find your people for life. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it felt like kind of um, this, like I say, kind of threading this interesting needle between being as an introvert and someone who's like very shy, find just the right amount of visibility. Yeah, right? um, yeah. But always, but then always kind of like feeling on edge of like being afraid of like tipping over too far and, uh-huh. <laughs> and like what and and feeling like that that sense of like not wanting to expose yourself in a way that um want to have like unwanted attention. Like I'm sure all and all kids go through that. But mm-hmm. that was like something I was like keenly aware of. And I think um, part of being coming from a family of immigrants and refugees was in my head, I always still kind of felt like a guest in, in my town or in, my, in this country. Um, and uh, that's a lot of like internal psychological stuff. But I was always afraid of revealing the fact that I didn't know the ground for whatever mm. it is right mm-hmm. whether that's like literature we talk about books and stuff and like people have all this background knowledge in the bible which is coming through in different references in a lot of the literature and i was like i just don't that's not something i grew up with and like i was like i know there are references here i don't i'm not getting it and i was like kind of like always tiptoeing around that of like too afraid of like kind of like revealing that those gaps of knowledge right mm-hmm. or um and same thing with, like different social settings that like this all feels like somewhat new to me and i didn't want to reveal just how much of a fish out of water i was or felt um mm-hmm. and with time it's like you get more confident in your own skin and then those of things course. kind of fade away and you're like you know you get to college and you're like oh wait no being a little bit out of place is kind of it's not a bad thing <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah so, exactly um, yeah so it's a, a sliding fee uh, a sliding scale of like comfort and nothing traumatic from that time but i think typical kind of finding yourself and how much and how much have how much would you say and it sounds like just based on like your first answer about storytelling how much has your family um life impacted um what you're writing right now how you're raising your kids um what you see um as your future etc yeah and that's a that's a great question and if you um, look at the books that I've written. They're all kind of um, fall within. <laughs> you can. They all get tied together with a few certain things. Like there's the theme of like books and reading is awesome. <laughs> um, family and community is important, and finding those um, connected with the people that you love. I love that. I love that. And like, and each of the books kind of touches upon different aspects of that and different variations on those those same themes. And with a book like Drawn Together, which um, is very much inspired by my relationship with my grandparents, that's like there are early scenes where the it's about a grandson and a grandfather who struggle to communicate because of a language barrier. And then they're able to connect when they find common ground through a mutual love of art, right? Mm-hmm. In the early parts of the book, it's the grandson and the grandfather kind of sitting together, having dinner, watching TV, and like trying to converse but like not being able to connect and they're like physically so close together but um worlds apart and like those scenes are taken straight out of my childhood i'd go to my grandparents house 
and we love each other so much. But I was like, but it's also strange. There's this cognitive dissonance of like, I love, we know how much we love each other, but we can't even like have more than two sentences strung together as a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so a book like that was very much me wanting to write something that both paid tribute to the love that we had, but also was real about the some of the struggles that come along with that. Um, so I'd say every book that I've written has a firm grounding or inspiration in my own childhood and how I approach family. And it's great to, I'd say, my, my boys right now are eight and five, and I'm very much enjoying this time where they are not jaded in the least and they just enjoy <laughs> having an author as a dad and like they they full, they're fully embraced and they they love cool. it and they're um it's it's so much fun to to have them be part of this experience and mm -hmm. to me being an author is very much an extension of me being a father right i don't i kind of see them as like two separate things it's like because everything that i'm putting into the books and the stories and like wanting to engage with with young people um, those are all the same things that I tried to invest in my in my kids. Um, wow. So, and hopefully that's something that, that they'll take with them as they get older. That's awesome. And I love that they embrace it too. That just makes me oh, so happy. Like I could just yeah. picture them smiling, like ear to ear, super excited uh -huh. um, and coming home, asking you about writing assignments or how do I do this? Like, I think that's so cool to have that, <laughs> that connection with them. Do they come home and ask you to help with like revising or like editing? Yeah. Oh, he, yeah, he, um, they, I've tried this so in them from an early age that they are just as much storytellers as I am. And like my, my young, my oldest eight, like he'll write stories. I'm like that, that story that you sat down and wrote has probably four times as many words as the book. <laughs> so it's like, you're, you're already outpacing your dad. So, so I'm not sure. Um, That's what awesome. You need but, oh, there's a, there's a story I like to tell. Um, Personal. Personal. Personal, 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 So my my oldest was really in this is like a year or two ago. Um my oldest was really into like Greek mythology and he was reading all about like, gods and, and titans and stuff. Um, so we were just playing around and he goes, he says something like, oh, I'm a demigod. And I was like, well, if you're a demigod, then I'm a god. He goes, if you're a god, then I'm a titan. And then my youngest from out of nowhere pipes in, he goes, if you're a titan, then I'm your editor. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh man, this, this, this kid understands the hierarchy. <laughs> that is um, awesome and so they they are very much like they know all the nuts and bolts about publishing and like everything goes into making a book and i run things by them all the time so they feel very much invested and involved in in the the author life mm -hmm. when we go to they love to come with me to readings and like they'll they'll help out with stuff they um we try to keep them in the audience sometimes but inevitably they, they end up coming <laughs> Uh, my my oh. first book called Let Me Finish was about a boy trying to find a quiet place to read and keeps getting interrupted by all these animals um, and having the book spoiled. And it was there's a heavy level, a thick layer of irony when I tried to read do these live readings and my boys were spoiled ending from the back of the, from the crowd. And I was like, no. 
<laughs> that is so Dope. cool. I think that's awesome. I think that's, I think that's so good because like those are the memories that like you as your family grows older and they get older, like they're gonna remember that for the rest of their life. Like I think that is such a cool memory to have. <laughs> and I hope so. It's, a, it's definitely something that I'll I'll take with me for for as long as I'm around. So I uh-huh. hope that um sets the foundation for for them too. That's so cool. And I, I think and I guess my next question and just to follow up with that is what does fatherhood look like for you? Um right now we're very much in the the phase of like all hands on deck it's like we're um in the feels like we're in the thick of it right and um the way i describe it to people is like it feels that our lives are like overflowing and totally full but in the best way possible right Mm. um and i something that i know that that's not going to last forever like like it's like kids get older the the amount of saturation as far as engagement will either diffuse or change right Mm -hmm. just because that's the nature of of growing up um so what i'd love to impart with my kids is like give them that solid foundation of knowing that no matter what um my wife and i have their back they're we're mm. there for them right because for me i'm like we don't know what challenges are coming i mean we're in the middle of a global pandemic right now that four weeks ago <laughs> um we would have had, wouldn't have had any idea right mm-hmm. um thinking about like when we were growing up i'm a little bit older than you but still, when we were growing up the idea like all the social media was not even on anybody's radar so I'm like, what is, what are those challenges that are coming down the road um, that we haven't even considered yet, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no way to prepare for those specific things. So it's more just like preparing my boys to be able to go out into the world with the confidence that they they have this foundation uh, mm-hmm. in our family, which is built on, on love and respect and everything like that um for me i'd say like the biggest challenge and something that i am super mindful of is i was on another podcast and they're asking me about like, what what are your priorities as a parent and one of the things that they popped up was like just doing everything i can to like be present because mm-hmm. these days it's so easy to be sucked into the twitter wormhole to be doing this that and the other um and i don't want to to ever feel like my kids think of me as not present you know and there's going to be times like especially being an author like, I have to be on the road a good amount and so when I am here I want to make sure that they're they're my priority that they're they never feel like they're um an afterthought in any in any kind of way even if I have to be mm-hmm. up in the office doing things they know that that, that it's all a balance that at the end of the day they're they're what matters to me wow so. wow Let's talk about your wife. Like, is she someone that you kind of met through high school? Someone you met through university? So she and I met um, after college. So Mm -hmm. I moved to D.C. with some friends, and she happened to move to D.C. at the same time. Um, We didn't know each other at all. But I was working um, at a a community organization in D.C. that worked with Vietnamese um, immigrant and refugee families, and I was working with them and then running like a youth program for them. And my my wife, who is who's not Vietnamese, um, but she was working at a mental health clinic in D.C. And she had one group of clients who were mostly Vietnamese grandmothers. And one of the things that they talked about a lot was like, our kids are so busy working, we're raising our grandkids, but the generational divides are so wide. Like we, mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard to navigate. 
Um, so she was talking to a friend one day who I know, and her friend was like, oh, you should meet my friend Min. He runs this program. Maybe you can connect and kind of like talk through some of these things and, you know, might be a good professional contact, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it never, but we never really connected. And then one day I was walking around my neighborhood and I bumped into my friend and she just happened to be having coffee with this, this lovely person. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. So we, yeah, so we connected in person then, and then we just hit it off, and she came to start volunteering at the, the program I run, like, that week. And um, we had to keep it under wraps from the, the kids in the program of course, <laughs> that, that of course. We, were, we were dating. But, um, but yeah, no, we just, we just hit it off. And like I said, I'm a super kind of, like, shy person in general. So the way I knew that this was something was that I just, like, bulldozed through myself. Right? Does, that, does that sound, sound right? Because there's so many times that I would be, like, have some interest in someone and but i'd always shoot myself or i always like find a way to escape not uh, do it yeah right to give myself an out right mm -hmm. and for some reason this time i was like i was able to just like power through my own insecurities and like my own kind of mental gymnastics and just like there was like the subconscious in me just like nope we're <laughs> we're, we're going in you screw this one up we're just, we're just going for it <laughs> i um, love that i love that so, and yeah, so it's she's she's amazing. Um, she her focus is in international education, and um, oh um, no way! Yeah, and so she's done so much amazing work, and and then as a side gig, she is my first editor because nothing I write leaves the house without her checking it first. <laughs> so like any anything that that makes it out into the world has gotten her stamp of approval, and um and thankfully there are works in progress that are still waiting for her to sign off on because <laughs> she has that, that ability to like both like give like really honest feedback and also you know as someone who, who writes um you can be so in a, a work in progress that you can't even see your own message mm -hmm. and she can read it and she knows me well enough she's like I know exactly what you're trying to say you haven't said it yet you have like these pieces here um wow. and she can kind of like she can she can see through all the all the all the BS in my brain, <laughs> like find and find the and find the, the messages I'm trying to get at. Um, so yeah, no, she's she's amazing, and um, I feel totally grateful for for the life that I've stumbled in. Into. That's awesome. That's awesome. And we'll end on two two questions. I guess the last one is is about her. Like, what is the one thing that you like just really enjoy about her? I would say that her infinite capacity for compassion mm -hmm. um, is, is something that I'm consistently blown away by. Like there's there's so much going on in the world and she always seems to be able to ex extend herself to the world in a way that's, um, that's just warm and inviting and, like, and, and with the right perspective, right? Like not like mm -hmm. the, like not trying to, to be a savior, but just like, understanding how much there is in the world and like trying to figure out a way to engage with the world in a way that's rooted in compassion and injustice and like and constantly trying to make sure that she's doing so in the right way in a responsible mm -hmm. way and just like so that balance of like compassion and humility I think is what mm -hmm. it comes down to that that is really inspiring to me. Wow, wow. She sounds like an amazing person. Is she <laughs> online? Does she does she do social media um, at she, all? She she not not so much. She's a little bit on Instagram. Um she kind of like checks out Twitter some but but thankfully not as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, no no, she's she's great. Um 
if, if we ever all get a chance to hang out in person sometime, that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. The last thing Vin, is, so I obviously, yes, I am following you online and I've noticed that you found a love for video, like edit, editing videos, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, how is it, how is it going? How is it going? Um, I have to say that it's, I'm slowly getting better at it. <laughs> <laughs> um so so yeah with with this quarantine and, and everything um I've been trying to put together story times and read alouds for for people in different places that are asking for things and I found that for some reason I consider myself a relatively intelligent person but for some <laughs> reason when I press record I forget my own name I, I can't string three words together to form a sentence um and I think for me it was just like leaning into the ridiculousness of that and just kind of share it share it via Twitter just to connect with other people that I know have probably experienced the same thing like it's <laughs> so I I I prefer um the type of humor I I I'm comfortable making myself the butt of my own jokes <laughs> I, guess. Uh-huh. I um, love that, that way and it's like uh-huh. and it's and it's kind of um it's a nice release valve for me just be like okay we're, we're all in this together we're all trying trying to trying to do this stuff um let's at least be able to to poke fun at ourselves the, mm-hmm. the something i've said before about um something i love about children's literature is it's a field that takes its craft very seriously but doesn't take itself very seriously uh, i think that's an important like that. something that that i really appreciate it's like we all are here to create these works to create these books that um in service of children and you can't take yourself too seriously when you're externalizing the the goal right it's like it's not um and we we all have our own varying degrees of ego and all that and not to say that we're and i'm sure there's some jerks among us <laughs> but, <laughs> the, but as like as a collective i feel like we there's a there's an underlying humility within the field and self-deprecation, healthy self, self-deprecation. I, I definitely know that self-deprecation can go too far, and then you just end up beating yourself up. But, um, but I, I feel very fortunate to have found this community, and the, the people here are, are amazing. Yeah, you honestly, like, that's one of the things I love about you, is that, like, you don't mind making fun of yourself. Yeah, and no, I appreciate that, and I think, um, and I'm kind of just talking out loud now, but what I love about writing books is, like, it gives you a way to connect with people that and it's it's totally magical to like write a book that it takes like and then like two years later or however many years later someone across the world can pick it up and like make this connection with you and like have this so crazy and so like a a variation on that is like social media is like i'm not interested in i'm um this other author jess keating said it really well she's like what you see of me online is not 100 percent of me but it's but it's 100 percent right so i'm not giving you everything but everything i give you is going to be authentic and i just want to i i'm not interested in having something that's so finely curated that it gives off the illusion of something too perfect because then it's not a, it's not a true human connection right it's like mm-hmm. there has to be some level of authenticity and the authentic thing is that we're all flawed and goofy and <laughs> silly. so we it's are. like um so I think at least sharing bits and pieces of that to me make the um, the experience of being online more authentic and feel less less fake. Mm-hmm. I sense. 100% agree with you, man. That was awesome. I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you for coming on and hanging out with us. Where can people find you? Um, unfortunately, on Twitter more than <laughs> I'd like. <laughs> um, 
You can find me at, at Bottom Shelf Books, and the, the books is BKS. Um, and that's the, the platform that I, I use the most. Um, you can always go on my, my website, which is middlelatebooks.com, and uh, you can see exactly where I was nine months ago via that website. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no, I, I, I love, I said it's a strange thing to be a, an introvert who's an author because I just love having that human connection, um, even though I'm, so I love connecting with people through, through books, through, through whatever medium. So, um, so thank you so much for, for having me on. It's been no, a treat a... To, to connect again. Um, and if, if the world ever reopens, I hope that our paths cross again. And I hope so. Life. And I, it will yeah. eventually, right? Yeah. I think it will. It has to, I right? think it will. <laughs>